0: What'll it be then? Rib or chop! Loin or shank? A liver! The muscle! Liver! The, the tongue kidney! The lung! The liver! The, leg! the tongue! The kidneys! The stomach! The heart! The heart! The heart! This boy has no heart!
1: What is up, everyone? My name is Jake, and this is another episode of the Rotten Potatoes Podcast, a podcast where four friends sit down and review movies you absolutely should have seen, but one of us uh, hasn't yet. I'm here with three of my friends. My name is Zach. I'm Tyler. I'm Regret. that guy from uh, halo yeah okay no
2: i think scott has become regret <laughs> yeah. like you know sort of like oppenheimer like yeah. famously quoted i've become the the, the destroyer the, men the Mahabharath yeah. yeah the Mahabharath scott has become regret mm. in this podcast okay.
1: yeah that's a direct quote from halo
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, really
1: <laughs> yeah right like i don't, regret. don't I, yeah, I regret, regret's like one halo. of the prophets of the covenant okay. <laughs> his name is regret <laughs> okay
0: I don't remember. Uh, I remember that word coming up though. Yeah. He's, he's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> All <Yeah>. right. Well, <laughs> what are we watching? Halo. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a Halo movie now? Yeah. No, there's a Halo a TV show, show and man. I heard it,
1: oh. it's really bad.
0: I thought
2: there were I think there've been several Halo movies.
1: Uh there's a lot of books and there's a TV show I've never heard about a movie. There's Halo books? Yeah, a lot. Really? A lot of books. That's Did- old. Oh, did that precede the game? No, no, but they've just been around for a while since the game. So, like, the game came out in two thousand one, and there have been probably books since two thousand two. Yeah, I was always
3: PlayStation, so I I never played Halo. Yeah, you were just on that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and I was on.
0: Yeah, I was on Tony Hawk's. Okay, don't hate Tony Hawk's Pro Skater is a good game. Wait, I was. How was that hate? Oh, yeah,
3: I didn't take it as hate. That
1: catapulted Tony Hawk to being a rich, rich man. Did you guys yeah. watch that documentary on HBO about Tony Hawk? No. I did.
0: You know, a little recommendation. Really good. Actually, My favorite thing yeah. about Tony Hawk is his Twitter and how he's always talking about how people are like, dude, you look just like Tony Hawk. And he's like, I am Tony Hawk. And they're like, ha ha. Yeah. No, he's not like that That's at pretty all. Great. Anymore. Yeah.
1: He's, he's just like, Oh, you look like Tony Hawk. And he's like, yeah, dude, it's crazy.
0: <laughs> he just lets <laughs> he it go. He doesn't even acknowledge it anymore. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm Tony Hawk. <laughs> uh. Well, so yeah, this is There Will Be Blood too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about Gangs of New York. Jake, you nominated this movie. Tell us a little bit
1: about why. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time, but I remember really enjoying it when I watched it. I really, I like Daniel Day-Lewis a lot, especially more since we started the podcast and I've seen a few more of his movies. I just like him a lot. And I figured that any movie that is, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio against Daniel Day-Lewis is probably worth checking out, especially when martin scorsese directed it like it, it it just seemed like a good thing to pick and i remembered really liking it um and i guess i don't know if i get into my takes this stuff right now okay yeah but that that's why i picked it
2: scott before we
1: uh well actually before that who was the late bloomer to
2: this just me i think just scott yeah uh so before we get to uh jake zach and mys take uh why don't you take us to a little bit of Just the Facts?
0: Yeah, as uh, Jake said, this was directed by Martin Scorsese. It was written by Jay Cox, Stephen Zalian, and Kenneth Lonergan. Uh, it was released December 20th, 2002. Has a runtime of 167 minutes. The other guys gave this a 72%. IMDb gave it a 7.5. Uh, had a box office of $194 million on a budget of 100000000 Uh million. Didn't win any awards, but it was nominated for 10 awards. Uh, best Picture, Best Actor for DDL, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Set Deck, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Sound, and Best Original Song. What was the original song? Uh, Hands that Built America by u Two.
2: It's the song at the time lapse at the end.
0: Oh yeah,
2: I didn't know that was. I didn't realize that was an original. I didn't really either, to be mm. honest with you. But that's yeah. that's what it is. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so. That was that was our third uh,
3: or this is our third Zalien movie, isn't
2: it? I don't know. Um, he did Moneyball. <laughs> Control F and type his name, Scott. <laughs> he did Moneyball, and then he also uh, Scott. You're in you're in Spotlight Search. <laughs> <laughs> Scott doesn't. Scott's our producer that does not know how to
1: work. I just am shocked that he was in Spotlight Search.
0: <laughs> All right, so we got Moneyball. <laughs> i thought you were yeah. gonna scroll and, i really did uh schindler's list and yeah. then gangs new York. i could have told you that <laughs> i know <laughs> but, but I then why s- didn't you
3: i tried i tried a couple
0: times i appreciate i blame but tyler bl- started I, no. yelling at me to I look blame, the sheet. yeah
3: i blame mainly I jake gonna for let screaming about being in spotlight search that was just insane sure that didn't need to happen anyways third's alien first Lonergan. again you know a hero no. When did he
1: write doug Doug, the, the cartoon? The cartoon. Oh, oh, dude.
3: Wow. He's got a he got a good lineup here. I feel like there's some themes that, like you can that see this fr- for me. from Doug in
1: this, you know? For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. like Quailman is just like Bill the Butcher. There's some, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's some dogs, I think, in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a girl named Patty Mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, Skeeter. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is also our second
2: uh, Scorsese this year. So question. What else has he done? Can you spotlight search that Scott? (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's Scott What? (laughs) Scott's score is capital Z. Axky,
3: this this year, this episode would have really benefited from like a a, a visual, gadget. yeah,
1: a visual component. that's <laughs> Scott, are you losing your mind? I was just trying to give us good. Are you are you are you, are you Willard? Him? Are you Willard in Apocalypse now? <laughs> yes. at The end of the river. I am. Jake,
2: this has been our second Scorsese movie this year. You nominated both of them, right? Did I
1: really? And, I did, yeah, because it was The Goodfellas. It was right? Goodfellas. Wow!
2: Apparently, and, I like, I'm a, I'm a fan, and I'm pretty sure that Goodfellas was our first Scorsese that we had ever reviewed. I think so. And so, I I just wanted to point out you coming in hot with uh with a big big fan of Scorsese. Yeah, I don't even think I thought I had that thought when I did it, but yeah. Well, just like Zach has had to stand CK all this year, for the rest of the
1: year, you have to stand I'm a, I'm a Marty Z. stan? Yeah. All right. That's fair. <laughs> I'll, I'll do as much work for that as Zach did to stand CK.
2: <laughs> that sounds good to me. I'll Zach, think, do you have anything to rebut to that? or?
1: Yeah. What do you mean by that? I mean, you, just, you <laughs> haven't really been bringing
3: up your, your one true love, CK. I feel like I uh, have stan him a lot. Zach, you had one job this year this season i've sand him a lot to be simp zach spotlight search how many times (laughs) i brought up ck
1: (laughs) (laughs) how many he's really just doing the whole anyway all right is that how you search there (laughs) in complete sentences I'm so sorry
2: to our <laughs> listeners that just can't even see <laughs> that this. Just, that just exited out of Spotify.
0: <laughs> oh, hold on! Oh no. gosh. Can <laughs> you spotlight? Let's search how many on.
1: how many listeners dropped out of Spotify <laughs> right now. Sure. All right.
2: Uh, what did you think of this movie? Watching it through this time.
1: Uh, before I get into that, I have a little bit of an announcement to make. Uh, I would like to apologize to James Cunt's ghost. For talking about how hairy his shoulders were. Can you please stop making my shoulders so hairy right now? Oh <laughs> I'm getting hair on my shoulders and I feel like it's been since James Con died. I think he's haunting me. Mm. I
2: I uh, think that sounds like karma. Yeah. And I think I don't think his ghost can
1: even help you at this point. Bit of a bummer. But uh yeah, think watching it this time. Um I still liked it. I still had a good time. I think it took me a little bit longer to get into it like the beginning I Scott talked about the beginning feeling pretty cheesy. It felt like watching it back again. It felt very early two thousands, a little cheesy. Uh, but other than that, I still liked it. I honestly didn't hate Cameron Diaz as much as I remembered hating Cameron Diaz. Uh, I don't think she was like <clears throat> spectacular, but I remember her almost ruining this movie for me the first time I watched it. So all in all, I think like Dan Lee Lewis is great. And I think like he is the reason to watch the movie, uh, more so than, than Leo. Um, and I, Yeah, I enjoyed it still. Zach, what about you? Um, I don't really love this movie.
3: I I didn't care for it. I think it's like, I would say it's a good movie still, but it's not my favorite. I personally think maybe aside from Daniel Day-Lewis, because I think he does a really great job as always. But I think for everyone else involved, this is pretty mid. Uh, I don't think it's one of Scorsese's best. Uh, I, I... personally feel like there's probably five other movies that we could have done by him that would have been better slash more important films. Uh, I don't think it's one of Leo's best. I definitely don't think Diaz is great in it. Um, it's kind of forgettable for me a little bit. It's it's definitely not one of my favorites, but there's moments about it that I do like. I really like Daniel Day-Lewis in this movie. Um, there's aspects of it that I think are really good. I thought the set deck was really good, really fun. Um, and like, I, I think I agree with you. Like, the beginning fight part is a little cheesy, but I actually still think it's really fun and it's still one of my favorite parts of the movie.
1: Yeah, I think like cheesy doesn't always mean bad. I sure. think it did mean cheesy, and it was like I was like, this isn't how I remember this movie being.
3: It feels it, it feels very dated. Yeah, um, but it's still fun, and I yeah. and I'm still I think the beginning of this movie, like that fight with the dead rabbits, and then all those other um, gangs fighting against uh, DDLs. I guess, decide uh, is the most invested I am in this movie. This is my second time watching it, and I felt that way both times. And then after that, I'm just less invested in this movie from here on
1: out. You know, I think there might be something to you saying that this is pretty mid for other people, because like when I think about this movie, like in the past, like when we're thinking about movies to pick, I was saying, oh, I might pick Gangs in New York, but the only person I was thinking about was Dale A. Lewis the whole time. But I feel like that's almost enough to make me want to watch it. Yeah. And I think it's still worth watching for sure. Uh-huh. So this is going to be a,
2: a very fun podcast. Okay. Because this is for sure my favorite Scorsese film. Really? Wow. Really? Yeah, for sure. Wow. Uh,
3: I
1: love... I think you're the only person who feels that way. I, it's mine. I don't think it's my favorite Scorsese movie, but I still do <laughs> like it. And I still had a good time. I,
2: I. Maybe I'm the only person that feels that way, but I... I I, that doesn't bother me sure. because like, I think just how he approaches this film is so impressive and feels to me way more like true to who he is than a lot of the other stuff he puts out. Like this feels to me like what Scorsese wants to do every time, but like commercially can't maybe. Interesting. Um, I'm
3: Looking forward to you unpacking that.
2: Yeah. Uh, I rewatching this movie, uh, this time, uh, I think I loved it even more. Uh, and I actually have some fun, like thoughts about the opening battle scene, uh, because I agreed, except for this time I watched the director's commentary prior to watching the movie, um, which I'm going to try and do on, on every movie that we do that I've already seen. Uh huh. Just because that's most of them, like most of the movies we do I've already seen. Uh, And it's hard for me to like uh, unpack my first time impression and like then therefore like the nostalgia of it for me. Uh But uh, that opening battle sequence is actually like an allusion to super old films, like how they edit that. Really? And so even though like we're seeing it as dated for Martin Scorsese, it was intentionally dated back to the silent film days. That's interesting. And so like, I'm like, no, I kind of love the opening battle sequence because it's like, he's throughout the picture drawing a lot of comparisons to like some of his favorite Italian uh, directors, especially Fellini who like the studio that this set was constructed in, he chose it in Italy because it was where Fellini made all of his best pictures. Uh-huh. And the studio was like under renovation and he saw it as an opportunity to build this huge sprawling set. there is like, even that's like a, a nod back.
1: And that huge sprawling set was a mile Of New York. It's enormous. That's crazy.
2: And every building, they created the interior and exterior of. Wow. So it was like a full, and it was all pre-lit. So they could literally just decide, let's go move and go do this in here. And they could, which is like not how movies are made. I guess that's
0: why the budget was $100 million. (laughs)
2: Yeah, it was a very expensive film for that and and for the actors involved. But anyway, um, all that is to say... Uh, I really, really love this film. I think the acting is uh, terrific. I think the direction is like a masterpiece for Scorsese. Uh, I think the score is incredible. Uh, I think the cinematography is really, really good and super interesting in some different ways, like technically. Uh, And so, and the plot, oh my gosh, the plot is terrific. So, um, Scorsese had this idea back in the seventies to make this film because he was, he visited as a younger man, he visited some friends who were house sitting some like random couple and he like uh-huh. visited his friends at their house and hung out there for the weekend in New York and was just going through their library and found this book called gangs of New York uh-huh. and like thumbed through it, read, ended up reading it cover to cover and deciding, this would be an incredible movie. This needs to be my next picture and worked really for 30 years to make it. Um, And so to me, again, like it feels like it not only is an incredible story, there's so much history, so much drama. um, But it's, it also just feels like something that Scorsese always wanted to make, which was telling really believable human stories of the crime underworld
1: i uh sorry before we get into what scott's saying i'm very much looking forward to hearing what you have to say because i feel like i was like i liked it but i feel like you could probably talk me up a fair amount right now based off of what you were saying so i'm i'm looking forward to the next you know 40 minutes
0: scott are we gonna take that long (laughs) (laughs) probably (laughs) um I think I agree with a lot of what Zach said. I think it's very mid in a lot of ways. Um, I wasn't super impressed with DDL in it. I think he did good. I don't, I don't, there wasn't anything like critically bad about it, but I don't, I didn't get like a, any kind of wow from him from anything like it felt. And I granted, he did a good job in there will be blood, but it felt like the same as that. Um, uh, the opening sequence was super cheesy. I literally laughed out loud. The choreography was awful. Like there was like th- punches thrown where there was like four feet gap that was shown on on screen. Um, it was just super not believable. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't like the opening. I, but I thought cinematography was good. I thought acting was all fine. Like none of it was bad. I was expecting Cameron Diaz to be annoying because Jake told me that she was annoying in the movie and I thought she was fine. Um, I didn't even know that, uh, DiCaprio was in the movie until like I saw him on screen. I didn't look up anything about the movie going into it. And, uh, so I was like, I, I started getting excited. I was like, Oh cool. Like this has like a really like good cast. Like everyone talks about like, these actors, and like, this is a movie where they're all coming together, and it's Scorsese and all these things. And then it just, I just felt like it didn't deliver on what it could have been. Um, all that being said, like, I'm not like super negative on it, but I'm, I there was nothing like special about it to me. I thought cinematography was fine. Set deck actually and costuming were both really good.
2: Oh, yeah. I,
1: I think we can all agree, set deck was unbelievable yeah and speaking of costuming just a a little bit of a trivia for you so (laughs) daniel day lewis apparently actually got like a piece of glass to put over his eye for this movie and got used to wearing it and then even trained himself to poke his own eye with a knife for that uh, for those scenes like he got used to doing that himself
2: yeah i think he only did it once right yeah he did it that one time but it was like it was really it was like bone chilling oh it was. was like oh it was yeah Apparently, uh, Scorsese says that uh, that was totally improv by DDL as well. That he would actually
1: do that. That that was not admit this, not if, scripted. If they didn't like run over that, I could imagine a uh, uh, Slughorn boss Tweed getting like actually upset <laughs> uh, during the filming. <laughs> like, as if I wasn't expecting somebody to poke their eye with a knife, and I did. would. And they did. I would freak out <laughs>
2: with the with the. I, I think there's some gravity too with a knife that they just like stuck meat with. Yeah. You know, like a like a bloody juicy knife. Yeah. <laughs> Insane.
0: I also struggle with John C. Riley why he really? looks like such a goober i don't know <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is so much worse than jake's like hates
2: actors because of what's
0: in their it's real just, life
2: <laughs> this guy looks kind of ugly so i hate him
3: no he doesn't look
0: ugly he just looks like a goober i mean if like someone i don't called me me even a know a goober
3: <laughs> like <laughs> i look like a goober i think i would just Conflate with that. With ugly.
0: I, think a, I think that's a subset of
1: ugly. Yeah, I, I've heard two people call goobers: uh, Goober Gomer Pyle's cousin, and then also uh, SpongeBob and Patrick, who are goofy goobers. And neither—they're all ugly. They're all ugly. So, like, that just seems like an ugly person. I,
3: I'm the opposite. Where, like, put John C. Riley in as many movies as possible. I love him in everything he's ever in. Yeah, I really liked him. in this. I never have an issue with him. Like, Honestly, I never loved
0: him in like a serious role. I think he can do serious. Really but I haven't well. seen all of his serious roles. Like yeah. I, I, I let it be open that there could be something that so it would change my mind, but I, I haven't seen it. I feel
3: it. like John C. Riley is able to be the comic relief in really dramatic movies really well. Uh-huh. And he doesn't like add uh, this layer of cheesiness or anything. Like he's able to play that part really well.
1: And Scott, he did this at the urging of your favorite director, Paul Thomas Anderson. He mm. did this movie, yeah. but
3: also he's barely in the movie. Yeah, but he's in like less than ten minutes. There's uh, so much.
1: I will oh. say. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say. There's so many people in the movie, and there's like so many characters of what it's like. Like, like, uh, plus for the movie is like, I feel like all the characters are very interesting, and there's so many characters, and like even though John C. Riley was in it for ten minutes, I feel like his presence in the movie is still very felt. You know, I c-
0: like, I kind of wish the um, or maybe. In, not instead of but i want to see the conflict between liam neeson and uh ddl, DDL where ddl lost like i want to see that yeah. conflict more than i wanted to see this conflict
1: i don't i don't know that i uh i don't know i agree because like we're kind of getting it's, it's kind of what we're getting in this movie right because this is leo is ddl right in that like like we're, we're seeing that just now it's DDL. history repeated yeah, yeah
0: but with different actors. Like I want (laughs) to see DDL and like,
3: no, I think I'm kind of with you, Scott. Like I personally feel like the priest is a much more
2: inch. I'm a lot more interested in that character.
3: Yeah. I wanted to see more of Liam. Yeah.
2: Don't get me wrong. I'm very interested in that character. And I would say like, in addition to like, if, if I, I wouldn't want them to do this, but if that were a thing, it would be nice to have more of that. But I think that this story is a much more compelling part of the story of like the gangs of New York kind of a thing than that moment, because this is the end of the gangs of New York.
1: And and I think also like, I think the priest, the priest Valen is very interesting, but it's also because he's this legend now, right? Right. Like, like, exactly. like we don't know about him. He's just this legend, the last man that was worth killing. Right. Like, I don't know that if you saw it, maybe it wouldn't have been as compelling as your. Thinking it would like, cause I, I think a part of the, the compellingness of
0: him is like, there's is a little bit of mystery around the mystery. Him. Yeah. I felt like it wasn't compelling to me. Oh, like, then
1: why do you want to see it?
0: No, cause I, <laughs> I'm saying I want to actually, like they said that he was all these things, but like, I was like, I don't really, I don't know. Like yes. I, I would want to actually see it. Fair enough. Very fair enough. Strange. Yeah. I, I, I think it's strange too, but it's a fair point. I just feel like I'd rather watch that than what I watched.
1: Interesting. I don't so, know how
0: to respond to that. Yeah. <laughs> fair enough. That's all you can really
2: like. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so Scott, you've kind of like, uh. this has been an interesting relationship that we've alluded to between you and DDL. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to, I want to really unpack that within this movie a little bit <laughs> okay, more.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, what did you expect from DDL coming into this movie? Based on the two things that you've seen. Try and limit your response to that. I have a I have follow-up question. I
0: think the, the the letdown for me, because I realized like he did a good job in this. The letdown for me was the crazy difference between DDL and um, Lincoln. Lincoln and DDL in There Will it, Be Blood. Like very, very different in all, in many different ways. And this felt like, a less lesser change from the first one to me okay and so i was just expecting
1: it's a you something different that for i sorry to interrupt your questioning but you for 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 ddl to be (laughs) good he has
0: to do wildly different roles every single time he picks up a role i just said he did good and i realized he did good i I just just, wasn't expecting it so no i disagree with that i'm
1: just wondering like why i'm wondering why you brought it up
0: Cause I was asked a question,
1: but like, like
2: <laughs> yeah, it's right. Yeah. It's, it's okay. fair. Sorry. It's fair. <laughs>
1: it just it was, it didn't, didn't track. I'm going to go back to okay. my
2: cousin being overruled. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what about your opinion about DDL has changed now after having seen three of his films?
0: I mean, I think he's a, a good actor. He's very, um, like he goes all in on his roles and he uh like really absorbs the character into himself. And I think maybe even a lot of it is I hated his characters in both of these mo- in uh There will be Blood and this one, but I like his character in Lincoln. Pretty um, iffy about Abraham Lincoln myself. Yeah, that that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know. I it felt similar to me to uh there will be blood sure um and so for me i was just because you guys always talk about how he's like the best actor of our time almost and so i was just expecting another thing radically different and that was probably just bad expectations in my mind i'm not saying like it was a right way of going into the movie but when i hear him talked about in like oh my gosh he's got the biggest range like he does everything like perfect i was expecting another thing to be radically different And it wasn't radically different. It was still good, but it wasn't radically
1: different. Would you say his range is like 1846 to 1920? (laughs) That's, that's about his range. Yeah. (laughs) Has he played anything outside of that range? I'm sure he has. What's that? Uh, not a lot. I don't know if he has anything. Well, he's always kind of in period pieces.
2: They're always in period pieces, but like, uh, like, um, a perfect window or something like that. What, whatever that movie is that he did, uh, is uh the like 60s or 70s, so like it's always period, but uh-huh. yeah, outside y- of that, you range.
3: never see him like walking into a Starbucks with his iPhone. Yeah, no, you <laughs>
2: you're never gonna see. Okay, so DDL uh was thankfully persuaded to do this movie uh by uh Harvey Weinstein of all people. Uh, mm, okay. <laughs> I'm interested to see how this I saw, goes. I saw you get nervous about that, Jake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because Harvey Weinstein just like totally was like,
0: really good friends with DDL. No, just, just <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. DDL pressured him sexually. You heard it here segment. first. <laughs> Wait, really? No, oh.
2: no, no. It was persuaded to do this by Harvey Weinstein, who got you know involved with this project from Scorsese. Uh, he at the time had committed to not working in films anymore and had spent the last year and a half as an apprentice to a shoemaker in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. Wow. I Who? Mean, I'm not that Daniel Day Lewis.
0: He became a shoemaker? A shoemaker's apprentice. I don't think he ever became a shoemaker. That sounds like That's something leading do. into this movie? What a, like or not, now?
2: Not f- leading into this movie, but not To prepare for the movie. okay. He He was just just, making shoes. He just said, I'm done
1: with acting. I'm going to go be a shoemaker. Daniel Day-Lewis has got to have like the widest skill set of any, because in preparation for this movie, he spent two weeks working in a butcher shop and he, he sent circus performers to his house to teach him how to throw knives. He is a wildly talented person. That's for sure. That's insane. But he's also just a little bit of a kook. You know? Yeah. uh. That's the thing I was going to bring up talking about Daniel Day-Lewis. And I think that he's great. And I I love him. And I, I think like what I love about him is he like everything he, everything he does, he has so much like gravity and I'm like so drawn to him, but I don't know. Like, I don't know that I think method acting Is that impressive? Like people talk about method acting being like such commitment to the craft and like these are the best actors, but wouldn't a better actor just be able to be get in and out of character and be in complete control of themselves
0: the whole time? I think you're right. It, it, and it's just like, I think it also means they're more of like a psychopath.
1: Yeah. Cause it, it, it's like people, people method act. Uh, I think it means they act like,
2: Oh, you mean if they can flip it on, if and they off. can flip it on and off. Oh yeah, yeah. That's
0: fair. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I could just be someone else. <laughs> yeah. You're crazy. <laughs> but it's like, it's like, I, I just feel like the,
1: the, the people who are method acting are just, uh, it, it's mainly their method acting is like a, like a pretty terrible person. You know, like, like Daniel Day Lewis during this movie refused to break character and like gotten in fights in Rome with people because he was a racist gang leader. Like if you want to method up Abraham Lincoln,
0: that's probably fine. But don't, don't method <laughs> that act. That really bums me out and lowers my view of DDL. Yeah,
1: don't, don't method act uh, like a racist gang leader from right. 19th century New York, you know?
2: Or, or to your point, like Heath Ledger uh, method acting the Joker or uh, our least favorite actor ever. Eddie Murphy. No. Jared, I love Eddie Leto. Murphy. Jared Leto. Oh, I hate Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Method acting the Joker. Joker. Here's, here's like, the thing. Never method act no, Joker. Yeah, <laughs> okay. You should just never method act villains. Like, yeah. that's a bad... Here's the thing, though,
3: is that other than Jared Leto, and let's just chalk that up to he is bad at... He's just a bad actor, and so he's bad at method acting. In bad person. Uh, but you said, I don't know if method acting makes you a more impressive actor, but then you named... Daniel Day Lewis, who's given us some of the best performances we've ever seen, and then Heath Ledger, Joker, which was also an incredible performance.
1: Sure, like, but what I'm saying is, like, wouldn't it, wouldn't, wouldn't you be better if you could give an incredible performance without that? Maybe, but like, and without, without like terrorizing waitresses. At it, uh, in I Rome. mean, it
2: wouldn't make you a better actor, to your point, but it would make you a better human.
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's the line. <laughs> yeah. Is that like you gotta you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet. Is that egg your waitress? Sure. Yeah. In Maybe. This,
2: yeah. In this argument. Yeah. That's, I yeah. mean, that's a, that's a like legitimate argument that
0: people impose a lot. It's a little bit. Uh, I'm still sticking with the, uh, someone who could just flip it on and off is a psychopath and i don't them. <laughs> like, I'm not giving them a knife to throw.
2: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But
0: here's the thing. Uh, I also wouldn't give a knife to somebody who couldn't turn it off.
2: They yep. can't turn it off.
0: They're choosing not to turn it off.
2: Yeah. Well then
1: don't.
0: No, no, we're not going to.
2: Yeah, it's all right. Uh, Oh, another one. That's kind of funny. Joaquin Phoenix, the Joker. He's another common method actor. Wow. Uh,
0: <laughs> Another Joker. So they are
2: the best and they also always play Jokers. So what we're saying is DDL we love you and we would love for you to be our uh, next
0: Joker. He'd be a good Joker. <laughs> also, DDL I will quit the pot if you want to come take my place. <laughs> That's cool too. Scott's looking to that get out of the fine. vine. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a win for everyone. It's a win for it's everyone. It's not a win for me. Why? I want to talk to you. <laughs> You're saying you <laughs> if DDL was like yo. RP I want to be on the pod I want to take Scott's pot take a vote take his spot I would not replace a single one of you with DDL wow wow. I would replace every one of you with DDL. I would replace all three of you with DDL and just have a one-on-one with DDL so you could talk about how you don't like him yeah no how funny <laughs> hey DDL I really think you're not that great Tell me why you think you are, Jake. <laughs> That's one episode. I, okay. I just
2: want you to know, Jake, you're the most noble of us, but you're the most wrong.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> no, the whole reason <laughs> I'm doing this is to talk
2: to you guys. I, I, I just, agree, same. But if I had the opportunity to talk to DDL every month instead of you guys, I would definitely do that. I just wow. want to say like,
3: uh, how much I wish I could hear that conversation between Scott and DDL.
2: <laughs> like DDL,
3: like, just like dead man it just like going on about this movie that moves him and why it's so excellent and perfect and scott's just like i disagree
0: i just i just feel like it it isn't he looks like i just wasn't feeling it yeah (laughs) like tell me about how you drink my milkshake
2: (laughs) i would give up i would definitely give up this podcast willingly to experience that
1: that's fair uh, I, I, buddy, I, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want to interview DDL. What would I have to say?
0: I would <laughs> give it up not only for me to do it, but for any one of you to do yeah, it. I yeah, I would too. I wow. would too. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. Because I can still talk to you the other, you know, million hours of the month. But you I mean, I mean, make it. Uh, do you
1: think there's a million hours in a month? <laughs> no.
2: If <laughs> we could start uh, monetizing this podcast.
3: So I know, right? cool. Yeah,
0: that would be
2: sweet. Yeah. yeah. We're still a part of the
1: podcast. <laughs> We're just not on air. Like, I'll come in and produce still. So you get, to, you get to produce and like pick what DDL clips you're going to play for DDL? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like we should get back to the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we should too. That was
2: a fun tangent. But uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you guys about, and Jake, you've already like kind of walked it back, but I wanted to, to bring it up, um, was the Cameron Diaz thing. Because uh-huh. I remember you saying that as well. And and in the moment, I was like, yeah, I guess maybe she kind of did. And then I had the same experience with you where I watched it through this time. And I was like, no, oh, I, I,
1: I thought she was... Honestly, I don't think I've watched this movie for almost 10 years. Like, I think I probably watched it when I was 17. Yeah. Um, and so watching it again, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I was annoyed and I shouldn't have been as a little punk 17. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I I, I thought she was, uh, like, I, I actually
2: wouldn't have recast her with anyone. Like, I, I really liked her quite a bit. I think I definitely would have recasted her.
0: With who? who? Who do you think would play it best?
2: Uh, I don't know.
3: I don't know off the top of my head, but I I honestly just feel like if you could ever recast uh, Cameron Diaz, you probably should. Really? Yeah. I feel like she's
2: a good actress. In what? In everything that she does. In everything? everything? Well, not everything, but you know what I mean. Like, just in general. I think she's... I've just... I've never cared
3: for her. I I can't think of a a time where I felt like... Shrek. I mean, sure. I guess that's fine, but... (laughs) I, I don't. I think you could don't have where you don't see her. I think you could have recasted her with someone else, and it probably would have been just as good. No. Son
1: of the Mask. I never, I never said
0: Was is she, she in, in Son the sequel of the
3: Mask? Is she in the Mask or is she in Son she's of the in, Mask? She's, she's in the, in the mask. mask. She's in the
1: Mask. Sorry, yeah. apologies. The mask. I,
3: again, I, I think you probably could recast her with with anyone, and I don't think Sally the movie Field. would be uh, well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd like the movie more. No, I'm just saying. You said you could recast her with anyone, and so I just threw someone out there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like anyone <laughs> but, that but,
1: fits the description. But getting back to what you were saying, Tyler, like, yeah, I was honestly like not looking forward to watching her again. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, I, I don't know what I was talking about. Honestly, like, I thought it was fine. Like, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I like, I maybe like to kind of agree with Zach. I didn't like think, oh my gosh, she did amazing, but I didn't dislike her. Like, I was. I mean, her accent her. was pretty bad. Uh, I heard actually that they, they worked with a lot of accent coaches and that these were like very realistic New York Irish accents. That's correct. Which is not like a new, it's not an Irish accent. It's not a New York accent, but there's like a lot of, it's like kind of a weird accent.
3: Really? Cause I feel like that's something that people bring up all the time is how bad it is. There's times where I'm just like, oh, did you forget that you're supposed I just think to use an accent?
2: I just think they're wrong. Like legitimately, like I I agree with Jake, like from the research that I've done on what they did on this project, they were so meticulous about accents in this, like about not, not just hers or anyone's or DDLs or whatever. Although DDLs was, they said that for everyone, like every single, every single person, they were really meticulous about how they spoke and so it was on purpose does that mean though that the
3: person executed that like that they got the product
2: that they wanted i think so because they were they they kept redoing stuff to get it more right because there's times that
3: she just sounds like the same she sounds all the time
2: but that's because she's well okay so remember that was the case with every cameron diaz well it's true but no it wasn't what do you mean Okay, wait, 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 let, let me, <laughs> Zach's fighting over here. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish. But, uh, so remember, her character, she is an Irish immigrant, but she was raised by the natives. She was raised by DDL and his uh-huh. gang. And so her accent, similar to Amsterdam's, Amsterdam's is not like what the rest of the Irish people sound like either, because he, from very early childhood, went to the reform school so that... Like he was getting influenced by a lot of different other accents instead of, you know, his native one. And so both of them arrive with completely different mm-hmm. uh, Irish, American, immigrant accents. Okay. And that makes more sense historically. Like, like this movie is, is historically like really, really, really accurate with a lot of those crazy details. Like even most of the buildings were recreated from photographs that over 30 years that Scorsese had like researched and dug up and found a photo of a building in the five points. Okay. And that was used to like literally recreate so the building. I don't have specific examples, but... Doing a little bit of research, one of
3: the things I did find was that over the years, this movie has been found to have all, actually a lot of historical inaccuracies.
2: Yes, but I'm, but it's not to say that it's not. It wasn't well researched. It's just that sure. as time goes on, we are able to find more research, and we're uh-huh. able to find things that are inaccurate later. Okay, that we like had every reason to assume were true at the time. I'm willing to concede that I may be wrong. But like, even like, uh, like, so it's kind of funny. Uh, DDL's accent in particular was totally made up. It was not based on any existing research other than a, uh, cylinder of, uh, Walt Whitman reciting a poem, like four lines of one of his poems. And they just used that as a starting off point to invent his accent based on its influences. Hmm.
1: Yeah, no, it it sounds like <clears throat> like a lot of this was very like thought out. I haven't looked into the inaccuracies. I just was like reading and it's like, oh, this is what they did to prepare for these things and these accents and all that. But maybe I should have looked in the other way. I think that that might have been a little confirmation bias on my part where it's like, oh, well, here's what they did right.
0: Yeah, I read I read a little bit about like the, some of the gangs like existed at different times and like one of the major fights actually happened like way later and it wasn't before and like different things like that. Where it wasn't like a historical accurate of events, but like the, I would say like the heart of it was the feeling historically accurate. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Scorsese said that too.
2: Like there are a lot of different things, like even the Chinese pagoda, like probably wouldn't have existed. Like it might have some scholars say it would not have because the first like licensed Chinese establishment wasn't until five years later. But Score says he was like, yeah, but what's the likelihood that the first one was also the first licensed one? So there was probably one earlier. So there are some things where they're taking a little bit of creative license sure. to like meld a decade together mm-hmm. and like meld events that spanned a decade together. Um, like the the riot that it ends on like is a super important historical event that to Scott's point, didn't happen around the big fight of the five points. Like those were historically separated, but they put them together for the purposes of this movie. So yeah, you're to to like further underscore and validate your
1: point, it's not a documentary, but it is really historically accurate. Um, I guess kind of changing gears a little bit. What did you guys think about some of these characters? Like I I, I was thinking about Brendan Gleason. Uh I forgot that his name yeah monk i really best character i liked him a lot um and like i feel like there were a lot of these interesting side characters in the movie that like i I feel like felt fairly developed and fairly interesting and i think that that kind of made it for me
0: sorry i didn't mean to laugh when monk turned away from ddl the butcher i was like why are you turning he's gonna and then he threw and i was like yep called that one (laughs) (laughs) don't turn your
2: back on the enemy no yeah
1: Yeah, I know. Like I knew it was coming, even though it had been so long, so it was it was hard for me to like not be in that mindset. But I guess he was just trying to make his point, right? Like, you know, like they don't want this, they don't want you anymore. So like, I feel like he had
0: it, to do it. It felt like he assumed he he it felt like he assumed that it was gonna be more of like a conversation and less a physical fight because he was going inside.
1: Well, I yeah, because I think that honestly it felt very much like a a very desperate move from, from the butcher where like, cause he, he is himself in, in his character is all about like, like he's upset with, uh, Amsterdam for like, he's like, he's not fighting me like a man. Like he, I don't think he would have even been a little bit upset with Amsterdam for coming and fighting him openly, but like going through like some sort of subterfuge. So like, I, I think he had every reason to believe that Amsterdam would have thought that was dishonorable to knife him in the back like that. You mean for Monk? I'm oh, sorry, for the butcher to knife Monk in the back. like Yeah. yeah. You know, so like, I don't know. It, it, seemed, it seemed like he, like Amsterdam was at, I'm not, gosh, I'm just confusing all the names. The butcher was just like at the end of his rope. Mm-hmm. You know, like that felt like a move of desperation to me.
2: I think it's a move of desperation, but I also do think that it's legitimately a move of honor. Like the butcher is a character that's driven by like two things, I would say, like vanity and honor. Um, and I think honor only as a pursuit of further vanity. And so I think that he saw the, uh, I think he saw monks um, demeanor of not respecting him as like a credible threat, like in their confrontation. And then especially by turning around as like uh provocation of that. And I, I think he felt like he was, you know, kind of like, honor bound like in his sense of honor uh to to strike him like that
1: i think i kind i kind of agree and kind of disagree because i feel like like what would have been in his mind the honorable thing to do was challenge him to a fight yeah because like like amsterdam challenges his his that other guy to a fight right and he's like into it like i feel like that's what he should have done sure in in under his own code yeah i kind of took it like that he's kind of a liar that
3: he like talks this big game about being honorable. And then he just doesn't like he does a super dishonorable act, you know, and it kind of undermines his whole thing.
1: Yeah. Interesting. How did you guys, Oh, sorry. we you gonna say more of that. Nope. I was gonna, ask, how did you guys feel about, uh, the ending where like, uh, I, I felt like there was a little bit of a, like almost a lack of, catharsis at the end. And I, I, I assume it was intentional. Maybe it wasn't, but it's like, you know, like he's not really like defeated. He's just brought down by like kind of chance. Like he's hit by a rogue cannonball from a, from a chef. How did you guys feel about that? I personally,
2: uh, I'll keep this short. I personally feel fine with it because they're both brought down in the same moment. Like they're brought down together a little bit. Uh And so I'm fine with it for the finality. I feel the catharsis and the closure, but I definitely understand your point.
1: Yeah. I I, I found myself walking away and maybe that's why at the beginning I was like, I don't think I liked it as much as I remembered, but I think I found myself walking away just a little disappointed in that Uh, for like for the story. I, but I don't know if I would have gotten what I wanted or what I think I wanted, maybe I wouldn't have liked it anyways, you know, I think that it ties for me, and then I'll shut up about
2: it. I think that it ties into the, um, the I guess, like, epilogue of, like, their burial. Uh-huh. Or of, of like, uh, the butcher's burial next to Valen. Priest Valen. Mm-hmm. That it's sort of like, okay, like, this is sort of ending, like, unsettlingly just like priest Valen's death ended unsettlingly Uh but both of their deaths really led to the creation of the city Uh you know that like New York is built on their bones Uh and on the backs of their struggle and had their
1: struggle not existed New York wouldn't have been built sorry I, I feel like I'm quiet but I'm just processing what you said but I think that I think that makes sense I feel like that makes me feel a little better about it
0: I didn't like it. I was actually kind of hoping the butcher would win the last fight. What? Well, why? I don't know. I just <laughs> that's what I was. See, hoping this is for. what I want to hear
3: against DDL when he asks you these thought provoking. You're like, I don't know. I just
0: wanted this. <laughs> that's what I, I. said that's what I wanted. I didn't yeah. say that's what it should have been. Well, why did it not work for you then? Um, I I think it did feel like a little robbed in that like a cannonball won the fight. Rather than one of the characters, like it's Uh, this huge buildup. I just spent two and a half hours of my life watching this movie for a cannonball to win. (laughs) Maybe that's the message. (laughs) (laughs) That's deep. That's
2: the meaning of this movie.
3: Um, Yeah, it's interesting. Like I I don't feel like I felt robbed, but I almost feel like it's because I, I struggled to invest from the get go. And so I don't feel like there was that, like, where I was wanting and, like, didn't get it. Because it was just kind of, like, just another uh, plot point that just kind of happened for me. Like, I was kind of thinking back. It was just, like, when did I feel like the climax happened? And I kind of, like, even struggled to think, like, what was the climax? I guess it's when Amsterdam tries to knife him, right? Like, I would assume that that'd probably be it. They're on the
0: table. Yeah. Yeah, But I I don't know. Like,
3: the whole movie feels a little flat to me, just personally.
2: Okay, m- maybe this helps or hurts with that. I was actually going to say when you said the climax, I actually think the climax is the conversation uh, with uh, Bill and Amsterdam uh, when Bill's wrapped in the American flag. Yeah. I think that's the climax of the movie. I could see that. And so, like, I see what you mean by, like, it's flat if the... Peaks that you're looking for are like the audio clip we listen to, but that's not the climax of the movie. Uh, it's like just a like a heightened sense of realism at a certain point, and the the like wave span, I guess, of the movie is is pretty short.
3: Yeah, and I I guess I I'm not really like trying to figure out like what's the most intense part of the movie, but like what is a moment in the movie where the it, it takes a different direction. You know, um, and that was the first thing that came to mind. But like just more so the fact that like I struggled to think back like, well, what is that for me? Like I, I wasn't I, I, I couldn't quickly land on something, you know.
2: Mm. What uh, what did you guys think about uh, like we've talked a little bit about the story. We've talked a, a little bit about some of the actors. Um, what did you guys think about like the whole ensemble together? Like did, did Scorsese direct a
1: cast well, or did they feel disparate to you? I thought it was very, I thought it was interesting. Cause like, I I feel like you felt like, or at least I got the impression that everybody here had a relationship with everybody here, like separately, like, you know, like, like I, I, all the characters knew each other and they had like relationships and they had history together. And I, I got that feeling and I feel like it, it works, and it was very interesting, and that's maybe why why it worked well for me was it felt very like alive and real.
2: Yeah, I, I think I agree with you personally.
3: <clears throat> yeah, I would agree with that. I think he directed the ensemble well. I think Scorsese's directing is good in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, what? And this is me just asking a question. I'm not trying to poke a hole or anything. Why in the opening fight when? He Valen finally dies, does everyone just stop fighting? Is it just a fight till the leader dies? I think that's the... And then the the other leader gets to absorb everyone? I think
2: that's the interior logic, because it's once Priest Valen dies, they sound the rabbit's horn that, like, signifies his death. So then the whole crowd stops because they sounded that horn. And so I, I think that that's how I understand the internal, like logic of the history but i haven't researched if that's actually what
1: what they did
0: is that how you guys took it too
1: uh yeah kind of like like <clears throat> like more than anything like like it felt like valin was you know the leader of the irish and then uh the butcher was the leader of the natives and then like it just kind of felt like okay the irish are leaderless at this point so they're done like who's gonna look out for them cut off the head the snake will yeah. weather yeah so that, it made sense to me when I watched it. I didn't really think deeper to it, but I didn't question it.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of like intentionally didn't think too much about it because it did feel a little weird, but I kind of just rolled with it because it does feel a little awkward. Yeah. Like you'd think that they'd come up with a little bit better of a strategy, but maybe maybe it's more honorable to have your leader right out there in the midst of it, you know? Well, I think it's,
0: it's cool to have the leader out there. It just felt like I would have kept fighting. Yeah, I but yeah, I felt the same way. But if there's like the rules of the fight type of a thing, I get it. That's, I
2: mean, they approach the fight with that like intense
0: like well, formality. And I was hoping they were, because there was a few things that happened in the first fight. I was like, why didn't this happen? Why didn't this happen? And then when they finally show the later fight, it shows how they go through rules and everything. And I, I was hoping they were going to talk right. about that during it right. as well, but it didn't come up. And so I was like, okay, maybe that's just like, that's every fight. Like that's just an unwritten rule type of a thing. Or, or
2: or just maybe not something overtly mentioned, but like, it's just, you, you understand that they are approaching this with like the list of rules. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Cause I was like, okay, gangs in New York, here's a big opening fight. I was like, where are the guns? Why is there no, like this is, there's definitely guns. Right. (laughs) And so like, that was one of my first thoughts. And then eventually like there are guns in the movie. I'm like, Okay. And then I'm like, are they just so poor they don't have guns? And then Adventure is like, okay, they just made a rule, no guns in the fight. But I do think that um,
2: they're too poor to have guns is part of it. So like, I I uh, read a little bit about the the person that Bill the Butcher is based on. It's not Bill Cutting, but it's Bill something Poole, else. Bill Pool. That's right. Um, and his actual death he was like sworn by someone else. Like I'm going to come back and shoot you. And it took him like four hours to find a gun to then come back and shoot the guy to shoot bill pool. And so like, I just do think there weren't, there wasn't a proliferation in New York at that time in like the five points region
1: of firearms because they were too poor. And especially maybe, you know, 20 years prior to most of this movie cuz like the beginning of the movie is 1846 and then right. later so like kind of made sense. I didn't think about the guns honestly. It was like the first thing I noticed was like okay when is the shooting going to start? <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay, uh the priest has a sword and a cross. That's pretty baller. And that's really all I thought about it, you know. No,
0: I I literally thought like I was like okay, maybe I don't understand when this is happening. <laughs> like they're all in this cave and I'm like, okay, is this like pre like America as a nation, New York or like, like what is this? It was kind
3: of weird that they yeah. were in a cave a lot.
0: Was that, that was like a, that was
1: like, like a crypt, right? Like there were graves in there. It, yeah. It's a, that's yeah. under apparently
2: a like Scorsese has said like that he grew up around this neighborhood and he was like, Oh, I've for sure been down uh-huh. in people's like weird sub basements where there's okay. caves that lead to other.
3: Cause that was one of the things I heard someone say was inaccurate. So Maybe I was getting some false information. I
1: I but mean I think it's completely here's, yeah. accurate. Here's yeah. the thing: even if it is isn't accurate, it's pretty cool.
3: <laughs> I didn't necessarily think that part was all that cool. Well, um, that was
1: you know like the, the you know come out of the caves to to kill the native. I thought yeah. it was yeah. like fifteen hundred sixteen hundred. Exactly. I yeah.
2: thought it was a cool opening because you start like in a sense like in, in this experience where you're like, okay, we're in like the fifteen hundreds. It's like you know a priest. Okay, he's got a sword. All these people have like maces and we're in caves and it's all candlelit. And then you come up and it's like, okay, like there's a little bit of construction happening and then monk kicks open the door and then you're exposed to, oh, we're in like roughly modern times. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really neat, like way to progress our feelings about these characters in the story.
0: Second, I don't know if I missed it. Why did the friend betray him? Because the, he was he was uh, with Cameron Diaz and the friend was in love with her. That was the, the, the whole. That, was, that was the that thing. Was okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I knew that was happening, but it, there wasn't like a. It, I never maybe it I missed it. There wasn't like connected. a point where it was like, oh, like a. a, a no, switch got it was. Flipped. It was just constant
2: reinforcement of I, like him looking jealously across
1: the room at them. I thought thing. the point was when he like like the the like the breaking point was when he saw them like go when, off together into the hay when
2: Amsterdam. Oh no, no, no. It was the, the breaking point. If any would have been when Amsterdam almost like raped her and the friend was looking through the door the whole time, he like goes up and like holds her up against a pole and she's trying to bite it. Oh yeah. Like, that
1: was after that. Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah.
2: And that would, that would have been if any of those moments, yeah, sorry. That, that, that
1: was the moment I was thinking of actually. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that those happened in different order. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Everdeen and
3: Amsterdam like is that uh, like an allusion to any historical or I guess allusion is the wrong word but is that like was that completely fabricated for the movie yeah did you feel like that was necessary for the movie
0: like just like having that love story at all I would say probably just for representation of female characters but I don't know
2: maybe that and also maybe humanizing Amsterdam a little bit more Okay, like giving him a little bit more relatable of a story to the average person.
3: Okay, I don't know if that worked for me then. I d- I didn't feel like that was necessary, and I was not invested in their relationship at all. Yeah, I feel like yeah. she
1: kind of like when so when she takes care of him at the end, I feel like she kind of gives him like the impetus to to bring all the Irish together. Yeah, I think know? that's true. So like I I think that her character definitely was necessary to the story. Maybe you, is it that you don't like the love story specifically, or you don't like her character?
3: Um, I mean, a little bit of both, but more so the love story. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. It, it didn't feel developed enough. Uh-huh. Um, like at times I, I kind of wondered like, why is Amsterdam so um, like protective over her, you know? Uh-huh. Um,
2: and that kind of took me out of it a little bit too. I think just because she's Irish. That's just why. That's initially why he's so protective over her.
3: I but it felt like from more of like a romantic, like he's so upset when he finds out like how many people she's like slept with and well, whatnot.
2: The options are presented to us are her or Hellcat um Hellcat Mary Mary. So I would choose I would choose Jenny. I guess too. so,
3: but then shouldn't everyone feel that way about her?
2: I think everyone does. That's not really been like shown in the film, you know? Well, like his best friend does, she's the one at the dance that everyone is trying to dance with, like, you know. Okay.
3: It, it's just, I, I think Leo, maybe Leo took me out of the movie a little bit where like some of his reactions to things felt a little too over the top um, and just like a little uh, unrealistic to me.
2: Yeah, Fair. I'd agree with that. I think that's true of a lot of Leo to me though. Yeah.
3: I, I think I, and I was going to ask you guys, like how did you feel about Leo in this movie?
2: Not one of his best, not one of his worst. Yeah. I, would agree I think with that. I would
1: agree with that hundred percent. Like yeah. blood diamond. Like it. Yeah, it's not no, as it's bad as blood, diamond. not as bad as blood diamond. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've seen a worse Leo performance than blood diamond. Uh, and I can't think of man one. in
2: the iron mask. I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's bad.
1: Um, <clears throat> I think, I think for me, like of the Leo performances, I've seen blood diamond is the worst. Uh, I think that Django is the best, and I think this falls firmly in the middle.
2: Yeah, I think I agree with that completely.
0: I think I put on lower lower half, but not towards the bottom, like mid-low.
2: Yeah, okay. Fair enough. What about, uh, we, we kind of gotten to hear a, a little bit more in depth about Scott, but for you guys, uh, uh, DDL, how does this rank for the two
1: of you? Uh, I mean... I think I would put it at the the bottom of the list of the movies we've done so far, but it's not, like, that's not a bad list to be at the bottom of. Sure. You know, like, it's not like, oh, this is at the bottom because it's bad. It's just that, like, I think There Will Be Blood is at the top, and I think there's quite a bit of distance between There Will Be Blood and Lincoln for me, and I think this is right under Lincoln. Interesting. Um, I mean, I feel like they're all like
3: tense from what I've seen. I, these are the only three. That's we, the, yeah, that's the thing. It's I like, think
2: that's what Jake was trying. Yeah, to,
1: uh, yeah. Like but the, you did say that there's quite a bit of distance. I feel like maybe quite a bit is uh, saying too much, but I feel like, like There Will Be Blood, I felt like was one of the more compelling performances yeah. I've ever watched anybody do. And I think that Lincoln and I think that this were both amazing. Mm-hmm. I think they were both amazing, but like... It's almost like there's no, there's no like thing I have to, there's no knit I have to pick here. Yeah. It's just that it didn't have some intangible thing that There Will Be Blood had for me. Sure. It's
2: kind of like asking you, how big is the Grand Canyon? You're like big.
1: Yeah. And it's like, okay, but
2: like, you know.
1: I think it helps too that like,
3: I would think that DDL is in almost every scene of There Will Be Blood, right? Uh Like he, like he is our focus. That's true. Whereas, I feel like he's the priority in Lincoln, obviously in this movie as well, but he's not necessarily the focus in this movie for sure. Um, and so we get less screen time and I think his characters are, are a little less developed, uh-huh. you know, and I don't mean that as a critique, but I think that that's why maybe there will be blood feels bigger, you know, um, it
1: could be that honestly,
3: but I, I think he's great in this movie. I, I do agree with Scott a little bit in that like this character does feel pretty similar to Plainview. Like I think if you lined up all his characters, they felt pretty similar, but I don't, that's not a knock for me. You know,
1: I don't think they feel like I can see the comparison, but I don't know that they feel as similar to me as I think you guys seem to think they are. I agree. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to, I was going to say exactly that. Like I actually don't think this is that derivative of plain view at all, or, or I guess in reverse that plain views derivative derivative of this. Cause uh-huh. this came out before, uh, there will be blood, but, uh, I'm just curious, what are some ways that you
3: like what are some differentiations for you?
2: Yeah, I, I would say one of the big ones is his uh like is his speech pattern. Like I know DDL has like kind of gotten like a name for himself for like yelling, you know? Like that's kind of his thing. Like I know.
0: That's how I felt about this movie.
2: But he's not yelling. Most of the time, and so I think that some people are latching onto like, "Oh, DDL yelled again," like as like a thing that he does, and it's like, well, that is a thing that he ended up doing, and there will be blood, but that's not a thing that he does. Um, and this character warranted it and called for it in a similar way that Plainview warranted it and called for the yelling, but his speech pattern the whole rest of the time is so different from Plainview. Um, his posture is so different from plain view. Um, the way that he handles like some of his like reactions to other people's things like facial reactions is so different from plain view. And so I think the devil's in the details with DDL to be super alliterative about it.
1: And I, I think that I don't know that I had those necessary, like necessarily I had those thoughts that Tyler had, but I think when you said that it made sense to me and I think that I just, like, because of those things had the feeling, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I I think for me, as I was, like, saying, there was multiple times where I thought to myself, this sounds and feels just like his character. And I, I think, like,
1: the characters themselves, like, like thinking about, like, like Plainview versus uh the Butcher. They're just similar characters, yeah. Yeah, but then also, like, I think that, like, the Butcher is a little bit more of, like, like you said, I think he's a, maybe a little bit of a liar, and he's a performer, uh, and like uh, like he is these things. And I, I don't think Plainview was those. I think he was a bad guy, uh, but I think that he was not like. I don't mm-hmm. think he was like that. And I guess Plainview did lie, did well, I, 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 It's been such a long time since I thought There would Be Blood. I, I I think they're they are distinct
2: characters, but I think they are very similar, and they're also like like what like forty years apart from each other, if that. Like, so period wise, they're close, Uh, similar again, like close to Lincoln, like Lincoln's a a non shown character in this movie.
0: Yeah. Well, and once again, I'm not going to knock him for sounding like himself because most actors sound exactly the same in every movie they're in. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think if you watched, like, I'm sure
2: there are, especially with him, YouTube compilations of all of his, like, uh, accents side by side by side, you'd go, wow, those are really different.
1: Like, maybe if you hadn't watched this two years removed from There Will Be Blood.
2: Right, right. Although I think we all did.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying, like... like No, no,
2: no. I mean, like, I think this movie came out two years prior to There Will Be Blood. Oh, did it really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I could be wrong but i'm pretty sure huh this movie came out in 2002 when did there will be blood come I out i thought it was 2007
1: 2007 sounds Oh, right
2: seven. To me. okay
1: sorry that's fine it, but i was going to say like, may, like maybe if we didn't have that gap like like it's easy in your head maybe to like like go back and be like oh that's the same because like i don't like you don't remember it quite as as crisply and as
0: freshly except i watched there will be blood last year did All right. You? Cause I went back and rewatched it.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, what do you guys say? Uh, we put this one to bed unless anybody has any final thoughts that they wanted to bring up. Kind of. Well, thoughts
3: on the YouTube song ending this movie with you two. I miss hate you two. Yeah.
0: That, that was, you a hate miss. U2. I am really? so upset.
3: It's on my iPhone. <laughs> oh, so you never forgave them for
0: that. No, but that's still on your phone. Yeah. I've never cared enough about u two to take them off. Like I felt like that would give them too much service by, like, caring enough about how much I hate them. A
1: little... Uh, speaking of the ending of the movie, did you guys think it was interesting that they didn't edit out the two towers out of that shot? Scorsese specifically talked about it on the commentary. He uh, was like, a, "Like we
2: had a big conversation about it, and he said, you know, for anyone involved, like, it, it's still, like, the point of the story is that they uh were a part of New York's history and it seemed weird to eliminate a part of New York's history. Like also at the, it was originally
0: supposed to land like before Prior. in two thousand one. Right, right, right. And so it just got postponed because of exactly 11
1: Yeah, I mean I guess they even could have shown New York's history a little more by showing and then I think it would have been worse to
0: show the two towers and then remove them. We're
1: probably a little bit too close to the two towers (laughs) at that point. At that point. A year later, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it's
2: either you have them or you don't. And it seemed like to him, like, it's better that we have them because, like, that's, like, it's still a part of us. Uh So uh, I have a thought
3: that I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this. And it would have dramatically changed the movie. And I don't know how much of this. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much of this is uh, influenced by real like specific stories or not. Um, but I remember thinking in the show, not really the showdown, but I guess the showdown for lack of a better word between DDL and Gleason, um, right before he, he knifes him in the back. I remember thinking like, man, I feel like a movie I would have preferred would have been Amsterdam coming back and then trying to like recruit monk to kind of become the new leader of the dead rabbits and monk kind of fills that role rather and then the movie becomes about the two kind of going at each other
1: i feel like it would be hard to have a story where you are following essentially this like the the the, the person the who betrayed you most oh well i i was wait who betrayed him most monk yeah kind of yeah but like not I don't think monk really betrayed him I think he saw it as a betrayal but that was explained later right
2: yeah yeah but it that would be uh, like if if we were trying to get him now to be the guy instead of Amsterdam kind of being the guy mm-hmm. that would have to be a lot bigger uh resolution
1: than just like uh-huh. oh I, don't worry I kept your your dad's knife for you for sure. But it, 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 but, but my, my thought was more like, okay, we have this revenge story where the guy we're following is not actually enacting the revenge. Like, I don't think that's a very compelling story. I agree. I I agree with you, Jake. And I would also say,
2: I think that the real, like, I think the most compelling part of this story for me is a son that needs a father and a father that needs a son. Hmm. Uh, And that's what you know you have between like this. This isn't even really about Valen. Like it's about Valen in that Valen is important to both characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it's really about is yeah the 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 absence of a son, the absence of a father.
0: I think I would have liked it more if Brennan Gleason was Mad-Eye Moody. In this movie, if he was a wizard, yeah, yeah he's he a wizard. He had a weird eye and like he had the same staff though. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Because <laughs> isn't it pretty similar to? Oh, uh, he's. I mean, this in is the movie. He's just got a club
0: it,
1: <laughs> in this
2: movie. I know, but in no. in in Harry Potter in the movies, it looks pretty similar, just longer. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, about
3: what?
0: I felt like you didn't like that I said that.
3: No, I didn't mind.
0: Okay. <laughs> he felt, it's, he felt judged. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty typical it for Scott. Zach's, like, Zach's face of me looked like he was like, why don't you just answer the question I asked? Like he was just dead <laughs> yeah, inside.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh no, I didn't mind. It was pretty par for the course. I feel like Yeah. it's like this movie would be better if we took in like the super popular character from MCU or like <laughs> yeah. a different IP Any that other I really like. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Like Indiana Jones. Scott's a little bit like, uh, one, yeah. do you know that that episode of Parks and Rec with Patton Oswalt and then he's filibustering? Yeah. And he's like, this will be our connection from the Marvel universe into the Star Wars
0: universe. Yes. That's your dream. That is your dream. Yep. Yeah. At some point, they'll cross them over.
2: Well, with that, let, what do you guys say we put this one to bed? Jake, you're up first.
1: I'm going to go ahead and give this uh, an 8.6 glass eyes. I don't have a good one.
0: I'm gonna give this 7.1 dead priest fathers. Zach, I'm. I was also gonna give this 7.1 dead rabbits.
2: Ty. Uh, why do I? I I always play into my own tropes, but I'm gonna give this 9.2. Uh, women with uh, claws and and talons on their feet.
1: You know, a pretty funny thing I read about her is that she apparently Martin Scorsese was debating on whether or not to put her in because like, apparently she was based on somebody real that was yeah. like that, but he's like, it feels too fake to like, <laughs> like reality seems too fake to put into this.
0: All right. Well that comes out to a 78%. Once again, the other guys gave this uh 86%. Nope. 72%. <laughs> uh, and I'm to be given a 7.5. So we came in higher than both of them, but Yeah. I think I feel I think I feel okay about 78. I wish
1: it was a little higher, but I feel good Okay. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, See you guys later. See you guys uh, next week.
0: I I feel good about it. Yeah. I'm just happy that Zach rated it the same as me. Why does that make you happy? Cuz I f- I feel like you guys expected me to really hate it. Oh, I thought you were going to say because
2: uh, it's super art housey, like it's a little bit more of an art house film and and you came in at the same with our art house resident. It
0: it does seem like a movie that Zach would have liked more to me, Yeah. but I'm happy that he didn't. (laughs) I thought you were going to rate it lower. Mm.
2: I didn't think that's right about what I thought you would be at.
0: No, I I, I told you I messed up on There Will Be Blood. I'm trying not to, (laughs) like even if I personally feel bad about a movie, not Uh to destroy it. All right. Well, uh, what do you guys? What are we getting into next week, Scott? Next week is my pick. We're going into Pride and Prejudice.
2: One of the, I think, probably in my opinion, most interesting choices that's happened
0: so far <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Yeah, I'm excited to hear why you picked it. Okay. You want me to tell you now or?
3: No, let's wait.
2: No, tell me now, Scott.
3: Dude, I think this episode's just gonna be effed up.